Petchu on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to ABC's Modern Podcast on Blog Talk Radio, or if you're on SoundCloud, welcome to the ABC Podcast, ABC's Modern Dating Show on Blog Talk Radio. Anyway, I'm here to disembowel modern dating for your entertainment. That's what we're doing now. So welcome to the ABC Podcast. For today's show, what I want to do, and I get it, I know. The Dr. Laura thing. I'm not going to do the Dr. Laura thing to know. I know that host slap myself on the hand. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to push it again because I just feel like this topic that I'm discussing today, and let me pull this a little closer. I feel like this topic today, I'm going to adjust that real quick. Hang on. All right. That should be good. I feel like this topic I'm discussing today is a little bit more important. So I'm going to push, I'm going to to Dr. Laura thing till tomorrow, and I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about today, because yesterday I alluded to something while I was reading articles. I'm going to read some more articles today because it's just, it's inherent in this show, in the show's topic. And once I'm done, I'm going to update the show notes and stuff to reflect the articles, and I should do that with the last show. Forgive me, I'll do, I'll do the work today. But um, today I want to talk about women who ruin good men. I just feel like that's an important topic because in today's modern dating world, um, women are out there ruining good men, and they're ruining good men because of their selfishness. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about, yeah, I'm just going to talk about the selfish women. There's just there's really not a whole lot to that. And if there's time, probably won't be because I'm only here for an hour today. I'll only do the show for an hour during the week. I do two hours during the weekend. This is why I'm able to do the plenty of fish thing um, on weekends on Saturday. So if, if if you want, come every Saturday. I start at 4 o'clock, every Saturday at 4 Pacific time. So do the math if you're in another time zone. I do the show for two hours, and then the final hour, usually final 45 minutes, half hour to 45 minutes, I go through profiles. And that's a fun thing because I tell you where women go wrong in their profiles and where women go right in their profiles. And it's a good teaching lesson, especially if you're on one of these dating sites and you're looking for and you're looking to match with somebody. It's a good it's a good teaching tool because a lot of you, a lot of you, a ton of you are doing a whole lot of things wrong and it's causing you to not match with the people that you may otherwise want to match with. We do that on Saturdays. Today we're going to talk about women who ruin good men. But first. I've been, again, playing around with the AI thing, not exactly to do the whole of compare this AI to women thing. But I found myself having a lot of fun because I haven't written a real story because I used to write a lot of stories when I was a kid, coming up through school. But I haven't written a really, I haven't written a real story since I was in my late 20s, early 30s. I think I've I think I got bored one day and just wrote like this whole manuscript for, it was supposed to be one of these TV drama things. I sat down and wrote one of those, like a pencil to paper and actually not only, not even on a computer, pencil to paper. Did you have computers when you were 30? Yeah, I'm not that old. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so, but I did, I haven't done it since, right? I think that was the last thing I ever, last thing I ever wrote until yesterday. And my manuscript took me like a week, right? Yesterday, I was messing around with AI. And I was messing around with AI on the Perchance website because that's where I go to do all my AI stuff. 
prairiechance.org. And I messed around and I actually wrote two stories, but the two stories that I wrote went in chat format. And the chat format is designed for role-playing games. It was very easy to write a story on the per chat, on the per chance chat, um, the chat generator, the AI chat generator. And the first story was cool because like there was this this office love triangle thing going on, and that was fun when one of the women kind of lost her mind and went crazy and wound up getting arrested because she he resorted to almost attempted murder. It was one of those yandere love triangles. But I took that idea and I said, let me take this a little bit further, right? So the next story I came up with, and again, if you're good at, if you're good at characterization, then, you know, characterization, plot development through dialogue and things like that, per chance is, per chance is for you. All right, that, that is just for you. You just have a lot of fun. What I did was I, well, yeah, I, I created the character, and all I had to do was really put in the 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 intrinsic characteristics of the of my characters, like your like her mental state. Well, you can even put the mental state, but usually when you characterize, right? Let me let me step back for a little bit. Usually when you go into characterization, you create a character and then you put their innate traits. And then from the innate traits, you have secondary personality traits. And you have to do all of this in a little graph so that, you know, your character kind of comes together. And then you got to remember all this stuff for uh, plot development, right? And proper dialogue and things like that. The good thing about AI is AI, AI, all you have to do is plug in the innate traits. And AI develops the character's personality based on that for you. And then all you got to do is just come up with a dialogue and then the story will progress. And then you can help the story progress. You can watch the story progress or you can help the story progress. One of the two, right? Usually AI will take a swerve that you don't want to do. So you got to bring it back and say, okay, no, it's going to go along this course. And then AI will follow the course that you set for it. And so what I did was I came up with a story, came up with a story about a guy and his best friend who actually ended up, who ended up hooking up. And the best friend just goes absolutely nuts. But the way it was written, it was written from a psychological or psychologist's point of view. And it really got into the mind of somebody who's, who suffers from obsessive love disorder, sex addiction, and was obsessive love disorder, sex addiction, and there was a third there was a third thing that by the time the story played itself out, that was also inherent. And AI actually developed that independent of my input. So I I took the story a couple of I took the story in a couple of directions and then AI actually filled in those blanks. So it it was a trip the way the story unfolded. And by the time by the time the story finished, you understand you have a good understanding of what goes on in the head of somebody who's addicted to sex, somebody who's who's love obsessed, you know. So it was it was good and I wish there was a way that I could take that and I can I probably have to do a um a whole select all and pour it over to like a Word document or something like that. 
if I want to show people what this is. I may, I may do it, but suffice it to say, I think it was one of the best stories I've ever written because, again, it gets into the head of somebody who's somebody who has those disorders, and it and it lets you know what goes on in their heads. So, and by the time by the time I was done with it, like I had a deeper understanding of what goes on in the head of somebody who who has was suffering from sex addiction and love obsession, and it was just it was weird. So, it, it expanded my knowledge too. I never thought AI would be able to do that, but again, AI is very powerful. It really is. So, let's get into. Hang on, let me do this real quick. Do that and do that. Okay. So let's get into women who ruin good men. Now, women, got to ask you the question, right? I got, I have to ask the question because a lot of you are screwing up. A lot of you are screwing up bad. There's men are men are already as shorted as good men are already as shorted at shortage as it is. Okay, they're already a shortage. Why are you going to go off and ruin the good ones so that other women will have a tougher time finding a good man? Why would you do that? Are you that selfish? And I'm asking because looking at the population statistics, women are, again, 50.4% of the population. Men are 49.6. So there's a shortage of men as it is. Again, I say it's statistically insignificant, but it is significant enough to have to have a real detrimental effect on dating. Being that, that being what it is, why are you going to take the shortage of good men and then wreck them so that other women won't have a chance of finding good men? Do you even think about do you even think about it that way before you go off and do what you do to these men? Do you even think about that? Do you even think about your sister over there who and I'm not talking about like your blood sister, I'm talking about your sister in arms there, your fellow woman who may also be single may also be looking for somebody good and you go with this man he's a good man you wreck him and now he goes back out on the market he's no longer a good guy because now he's jaded because of you and that wrecks him for a next woman who probably would have had a shot of happiness at him do you even think about that or do you just do what you do just because you're in your fifis for that time that's something you have to think about now, what I want to do is I want to start this show by reading a few things, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you my my spiel on it. The first thing I wanted to the first thing I want to read is is what I was desperately looking for yesterday and I couldn't find it. I found it after, of course, I find it after the show's over, right? But this is this is a letter to this is a dating advice letter, and it's to Aaron Carr. And the premise, let me just read this letter, all right, because this letter pretty much sums up everything that's wrong with modern modern dating and modern relationships today. And women, again, I pin this on you. You're totally at fault for this. So, again, and once I read this letter and I explain why, hopefully you'll have an understanding of why this is. I'm not saying, I don't say this to crap on women. I say this out of concern. Now, because ask Aaron. My boyfriend moved in, and now I feel like his mom. And this is a common thing that I hear across the board is, yeah, I moved to my girlfriend, and again, now she's mom. And even when I, back when I was married, I had made the same comment to my ex 
years ago. And I mean, this was like two, maybe three years into, into the marriage. And I made the comment, I'm like, dude, I have a mom. I don't need you to be my mom. I already have a mom. And she really, she got highly offended at that. But I was telling her, I was speaking the truth at the time because of the way she was acting. So let me, let me read this. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you my commentary again. I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the letter. I'm going to read the advice. I'm going to come back. I'm going to give my spiel. And I'm going to come back and read the letter and read the, the advice again. Now it says, the thing is, she made all the mistakes. So you don't have to. That's Aaron. And the question is, question. I let my boyfriend of almost two years move in due to him getting kicked out of his brother's place. I wasn't sure of the idea, but the thought of paying half of everything seemed nice while trying to rebuild, trying to rebuild our relationship. It's been about a month that I feel like his mom, and I don't trust him. He lies about dumb things like who's dropping him off at work, who's picking him up. I pay for all the groceries and, and pick up the house and do our laundry, etc. I feel more like his mother than his girlfriend. I want things to work, but I'm tired and I'm tired of the lies and feeling like this. What should I do? The answer. Ugh. No good can come from allowing a parent-child dynamic to continue in your relationship. As I was reading your email, I was reminded of an episode of Sex in the City, season three, episode eight, if you're wondering. So if you go if you go go back and watch that if you have that if you have that on your lineup. Um season three, episode eight. The one in which Miranda complains about her relationship with Steve. Carrie asks her, well, what is wrong with you guys? Miranda replies, I don't know. It's like he's a kid and I end up nagging him all the time. I mean, mommy, and nobody wants to ask me, mommy. Nobody wants to have sex with me, mommy. You don't want to be mean, mommy. Having this type of relationship in a romantic, having this type of dynamic in a romantic relationship is insidious and toxic. And I've been there. I've been the parent partner and the child partner. They're equally unfunded. We fall into these roles without realizing it. So what can you do to undo it? Set those damn boundaries. One, stop doing, well, you don't say once, but it's a stop doing laundry. Stop cleaning up after us. I know how hard it could be to let go of that control. I struggle with this. But almost invariably, people will do these things for themselves uh, when they are forced to do so. And if he does not, then you can have boundaries in place for that as well. Tell him you cannot tell him you cannot live with him if he does not contribute to the expenses in the household chores. Make a list of what your shared expenses are so it's clear what he is required to contribute. Likewise, make a list of daily and weekly chores and divide them up. Allow him to be a part of the decision making. Maybe he hates doing laundry, so let him be in charge of trash and dishes. The lying issue is a red flag and also needs to be addressed directly. You can set a boundary here, too. It's perfectly reasonable to expect your partner to be honest with you. Communicate with him that if he continues lying, you're done. So often in situations like this, it is revealed that there hasn't been clear enough communication on what is expected. I'm going to guess that your boyfriend is not indeed a mind reader. Now maybe you now maybe you've communicated this to him that you did not say in your email. But it's imperative that you are clear with what you want and need, and moreover, deserve. No matter how much you want this to work or how much you love him, you don't deserve to be lied to or forced into the role of mommy. Communicate, set those boundaries, and if he doesn't change, get him out of your home and move on. Okay, on the surface, sounds like okay advice. However, again, like I said yesterday, why I don't put stock in a lot of these advice columns 
is the fact that the important question isn't asked, okay? And here there are two questions that desperately needed to be asked that wasn't. And because of it, again, the advice is palliative and not curative. It's, it's designed to just put a Band-Aid on the situation and not actually fix the situation. And I think that advice should be geared at fixing the situation and not just putting a Band-Aid on the situation, which is why I always say, which is why I keep saying, don't put stock in these advice columns because these advice columns don't, people who write these advice columns don't know which questions to ask. They just, they just write a blog and publish it, but they don't know which question to ask. And Erin misses two very important questions that if she had asked, she would have been able to fix the situation and not just put a Band-Aid on it. So let's go back. Well, actually, let me, let me ask this, because, again, the question that needs to be asked, I'm going to ask the question, and I'm going to go back, I'm going to read the email, and then you're going to understand what I'm talking about. The two questions are this. One, is this a modern relationship or a traditional relationship? All right? Spidering off of that is, on one end, well, no, not even on one end. Spidering off of that is, how many hours a day does this guy work? Because this, this person admitted that her boyfriend had a job. How many hours a day does this guy work? Now, if the answer is, there's two different responses for two different answers. If the answer is part-time, there's one response. If the answer is full-time, it's a different response. Just like if this is a traditional relationship versus a modern relationship. So since I deal primarily with traditional relationships, then let's go the route of the traditional relationship. So let's say, and this guy got kicked out of his this guy got kicked out of his brother's place. So I'm going to assume that he has a part-time job because you say he. It sounds like he doesn't really have enough money to either pay his brother, which is why he got kicked out, or he doesn't have much money to contribute. But even if he does have a part-time job and you have a part-time, you didn't specify what you did or how, how you did it, which is the third question is, how, what is your work schedule? How many, hours of work, how many hours a week do you work? Because according to that, that's how ch household chores should be divided. A man and women, listen up, because you're, you're very guilty of this, all right? You want men to go out. You want men to work 40 hours. You want men to bring home a certain amount of money, all right? It doesn't have to be six figures, but it has to bring home a certain amount of money. It has to bring home the amount of, the, the amount of money that's required to pay bills, to put food on the table, to, put, to stock the refrigerator, to stock the shelves, to, to maintain the cars, to maintain whatever around the house needs to be maintained, to also pay for, pay for the futures of whatever children that you have and be able to save some to go out and do to do different things on the weekend. Women, you require that of men, all right? So that being said, and this being the times that we're in, a man in a traditional, and even in some modern relationships, the woman, modern women expect men to be able to bring home this money, even though she has her job and she's supposed to be independent and she both be strong and independent, whatever. But she still, she still requires a man to bring home this money. 
So he has to go out and he has to work 40 hours per week and then come home, and then you complain that he doesn't help with the kids. You complain that he doesn't help with the dishes. You complain that he comes and he what he wants to do is hit the door, play some video games, and unwind first. You, com- you complain about all of this. But what are you doing to alleviate this? See, this woman, this woman here, she's – and let me get back there. This woman here – She's complaining that her boyfriend is – she's complaining that her boyfriend's not contributing enough. She's not contributing enough money. He's not contributing enough around the house. And you're saying you you have to nag him for everything. Well, are you – the question is, are you working the same hours or more as him? Because if you both have part-time jobs, yet you work less hours, let's say he works – 30 hours, you work 25 hours, or you work 20 hours, he works 30 hours, or even let's say he does have a 40-hour job, then and you have a part-time job, or let's say you both have 40-hour jobs, right? If you both have 40-hour jobs, how is he not contributing enough? So I'm, I'm, this is a thing, right? So how is it that, let's go with the fact that you both have part-time jobs. You have to figure out who works less, and the person who works less has to. My requirement is this, and men, women, tell me if this is, tell me if I'm being unfair here. My requirement is this: whoever works less makes up makes up those hours. So, if somebody, if a guy works 40 hours a week and the girl works 20 hours a week, then 10 hours of 10 hours per week should be contributed by the girl to household duties. That That's fair. I think that's fair. If you don't think that's fair, let me know. Send me an email, post it on my, post on my Facebook, whatever. You, if you don't think that's fair, let me know. But that is what I, that is what I sincerely believe. If, if the guy works 40 hours if, and the girl works 20, then the girl makes up, then the girl makes up, I'm sorry, the girl makes up 20 hours per week dedicated to household household chores and household duties. That's fair because it puts it it brings that it brings that level. It takes that twenty hours and makes it forty hours just like the guy just like the guy works. And the guy shouldn't have to do any work actually because twenty hours a week dedicated to housework, the house should be maintained. So again, there you go, right? Same if it was reversed. Now you may ask, you may ask Jesse, what if the winter rules were flipped? What if the guy had a part-time job and the woman worked full-time? Well, then if the woman works 40 hours and the guy only works 20, then the guy owes 20 hours in household services. So he comes home, he comes home and he cleans the dishes and he does the laundry and, and stuff. But 20 hours per week, no more, no less, unless the woman does overtime, which overtime is completely voluntary. But um. Well, sometimes it's mandatory. I get that. I, my job has mandatory overtime sometimes. So there you go. But the the same is the same the same for if you gender flip that. If, you, if somebody works forty and somebody else works twenty, then the twenty hours needs to make up the extra twenty hours just in the household duties. If you work both work twenty hours, or you both work both work forty hours. Then if you both work forty hours, you have enough. To, you you'll probably have enough to have somebody come in and clean. If you both work 20 hours, then, again, work that out about how you want to do housework. 
but you shouldn't be women. You shouldn't be, especially if you're on the low end of the totem pole, you shouldn't be handpicking your men. And that's a big thing women are guilty of. Again, you ruin good men doing that by handpicking them. Oh, you, you spend so much time at work and then all you do is you come home and you want to play video games. You have no time for me. And then now you're, now you're complaining that you're unhappy because he's not paying attention to you after going to work 40, even 50, even 60, sometimes up to 70 hours a week trying to bring home the money that you require to, to, pay, to pay bills and pay expenses. And then anytime women have to contribute, anytime women have to contribute their money to bills and expenses, then all of a sudden it becomes you don't contribute enough because I'm contributing my money. Like, how does, this, how does this even comport, right? Again, women, you're ruining good men behind this. You really are. So let's see. Let's go back. Question. My boyfriend of almost two years, she let her boyfriend move in due to him getting kicked out of his brother's place. Okay, first of all, that's kind of a red flag. If he gets kicked out of one place, why are you going to bring him into yours, right? But I get it. You probably have some kind of idealistic thing. Of, well, you admit later, you admit in the next line that you Paying, paying for half seems like a pretty good idea because again, who doesn't like paying? Who doesn't like paying? Um, paying half of anything. I mean, who doesn't like knocking their payments down to half? Everybody does. However, in, in that pursuit, you missed this red flag that he got kicked out of his brother's place. You, you completely blew you you blew past that. I'm having a problem talking today. I don't know what it is, but you blew past that and you moved him in. Anyway, so whatever, right? Now it's been about a month. You find out he's lying about stupid things, and things that you admit are stupid. You find out he's lying about things like who's picking him up and dropping off, dropping him off work. Okay, I get it. Honesty is a good thing, but honestly, like, what do you care? What do you, what do you care, ma'am? Picks him up and drops him off. The man goes to work and the man comes home. What does it matter how he gets there? Would it matter if he took the bus or would it matter if he took Uber or would it matter if he had his own car? He gets to work and he comes home. You're you're making a big deal about who picks him up and who drops him off and not the fact that he's actually going to work. And women, a lot of women have men that don't just don't work. He's going to work. Now, does he make as much money as you want? Maybe not. But, again, he still gets up and he still gets out of the house and he clocks in somewhere. And you're making a big deal about who does it, who takes him, and who brings him back. So, so that's a that's that's a thing. He lies about dumb things, who's dropping dumb things like who's dropping him off or picking him up. I pay for all the groceries and pick up the house and do our laundry. I feel like more his mother than his girlfriend. Okay, so you only list two examples. You say you pay for all the groceries and you and you pick up the house, which means you clean the house and you do the laundry. Who cooks? Who does the? Do you guys live in an apartment or do you live in a house? And do you live in a house who who maintains the yard? Who maintains the stuff in the house? Does he do it or do you do it? See, when you just say, "Oh, I feel like his mom just because I clean up the house," well, again, it goes back to: Are you working less than him, or is he working less than you? Now, if he works less than you, then I can kind of understand that. But, but excuse me, but you don't mention it. All you say is. You could you buy all the you buy all the groceries and you pay for all the groceries and you pick up the house. You don't even say anything about the bills. Like, is he contributing to the bills? And if he's contributing to the bills, how much is he? How much 
as a percentage of his paycheck. See, everybody says, I want to pay, I want to pay, I want him to pay half, I want him to pay half, I want him to pay half. Half is not the standard. Half is not the measure. The measure is percentage of the paycheck. He can pay half of the bills, but if it's 75% to 80% of his paycheck, then what? So, again, half, everybody says, well, pay for half of everything, pay for half of everything. No, it's not about paying half. It's a, it's the percentage of the paycheck. And nobody really does that calculation of, okay, I only make, I make this much, you make this much. So you should pay this percentage of your paycheck, whereas I should pay this percentage of the paycheck. Because, after all, this is how taxes, this is how federal income taxes are figured out. Contrary to what most progressives say, contrary to what every progressive says, actually, the rich pay more in taxes than the poor. They do infinitely more. As a matter of fact, rich people make up 40% of all national, of all federal tax, pay, tax monies paid out to the government, 40%. That's almost, half, almost half of all the taxes paid to the federal government come from the rich. So what's wrong with the percentage of the paycheck thing? That's how we do it. That's how we tax it. That's what's called a progressive tax system. But all of a sudden, when it comes to helping around the house and paying and helping to pay the rent and the bills, women progressive isn't good enough. So again, these are kind of things you have to think about. I don't think this person, when she went into this person, when she went into, I'll, I'll call you back. Um, this person, when she got into this thing, the situation with this guy, there was a whole lot that she didn't take into consideration. And again, this one is her fault. This one is pinned purely on her. And women, you do this. You move these, you move guys in, or you move in with a guy, and you don't even do the mental work that it that it takes, not even the psychological work, but the mental work that it takes to figure out what it's going to take to get this household to run. And then when things go bad, you're writing letters to the editor talking about, I feel like his mom. So let's go back. Um, let's about dumb things. I want things to work. I'm tired of the lies and feeling like this. This is your fault. Okay. And again, I get it. You're writing to, you're writing to the end to find out what he's, which to do. Cause I think you realize that this is kind of your fault. And then the, the answer goes completely off the rails because again, they didn't ask the important questions, A, is this a traditional person-modern relationship? And B, what is the employment situation? Because the employment situation, because depending on those two factors, this would have never been written. So let's see, no good, come, no good can come from allowing a parent-child dynamic to continue in the relationship. As I was reading your email, I was reminded of sex in the city, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to be mean, mommy. That I agree with. You don't want to be mean, mommy. Um, because it, it is a toxic thing in a relationship, and it's something that women bring. And honestly, this is a generational thing. Mean mommy, the, the toxic mean mommy thing is generational. It comes from generations of women being toxic mean mommies, from great-grandma who did it to grandma, who did it to her husband, and then grandma picked that up from being raised under great-grandma, and now she treats her husband like this, and it spits out mom who who treats her husband like this, who spits out you, who treats your boyfriend like this. So again, it's passed down generation to generation and you gotta break that cycle. If you wanna be sobbing me, mommy, break that cycle. So stop doing his laundry, stop cleaning up after him. Okay, so she stopped doing his laundry and stopped cleaning up after him. 
then what is he supposed to do when he when he comes home those hours from work? Now again, I get it. If he works, if he works less hours, then yes, maybe he should do his own laundry to pick up that time. Mm-hmm. But again, you don't say that. So if that's the situation, that's something you have to take into consideration. And then the lying issue is a red flag, not necessarily, because again, who drops, who picks him up and drops him off is such a non-issue. The bigger issue is that he goes to work, not who takes him there. So whether he lies about that or is truthful about that, it really has no consequence on what's really going on. And what's really going on is the fact that you, ma'am, are being, you're being a toxic woman. You're being a toxic modern woman. And this is the whole problem. So again, this, this email here is palliative and curative. And she, and this girl, Erin, this girl, Erin, fails to she fails to do her due diligence which caused her to give faulty her faulty advice. And her advice literally bordered on gynocentrism and let's see the sex message. Um hey guess her she's crying for me going up from like oh okay. There's no care. Yeah. Sorry, sick kid. Um Let's see. And so that's so that's where was I? Oh yeah, you're being toxic woman, and stop being toxic woman. So let's see. That's that. I'm going to read an article. Let's see about why women reject nice guys, and I'm gonna come back and offer some commentary at the end of that. Now, I'm sorry if you're uh, nobody's you're not calling. They're not nobody's calling. It's cool because I can I get to read these articles now. Why women don't like guys. This is from Natty or not. And it says, why women don't like nice guys. I just pulled this up. The true reason not the big fat lie everybody spreads. Not sure what the big fat lie everybody spreads, but maybe we'll figure it out in somewhere in the course of this article. But let's see. Um, it starts out. This one is by somebody called Truth Seeker. And let's see. Um, I promised to make a post about a reader, so I will. Below on the main below are mainstream statements. Yeah, they're all lies. Um, nice guys are manipulative. Yeah, that's a lie. But it says some people saying that women deflect nice guys because nice guys are pretending to be something that they're not only to get in their pants. No, Chad does that. All right, Chad understands that he has options, so Chad's going to say what he's going to say to get in your pants, which. Nine times out of ten, you do it. Again, women, you control access to sex. If you don't want somebody getting in your pants, you just won't let them. That's just it. The problem is you let them because, honestly, let's go back. A nice guy that you're not attracted to comes up to you. He and he wants to. He's offering. He's offering to buy you lunch or whatever. Let's go to lunch. You have a nice conversation, and you know, again, you go out and he buys you lunch. You have a nice conversation, and he wants to. The relationship kind of progresses, and he wants to know if you want to come back to his place so that you can kind of get something going, but you're not feeling him, so you don't let him. Whereas if if Chad comes along and you're highly attracted to him because he's hot, he's fit, he's got some money, he's got he's got hair, you know, and um, he says he takes you out, he buys you he buys you lunch, and you're like. Well, let's come back to my place and weekend. You're dropping your panties for him, and you're in bed with him. And then when he drops you because he 
he has this other woman on the side that he's seeing that's younger and harder than you. Now you're complaining about how nice guys, like guys, well, not even nice guys, how men ain't shit. You're talking about how men are, talk about how, you're talking about men like dogs. Let's just put it that way, all right? So I'm trying not to, this is a, a, a without in public, I didn't put the PG-13. So I really shouldn't be cussing in the show. However, that's what you do. This is what you do to men. This is what you do to nice guys. You make the nice guys wait and wait and wait and wait and wait, and then you jump into bed with all these chads. And then after you get rejected by all these chads, and then you figure out that you're still single, you're talking about how men ain't nothing, and you don't even want to be with a nice guy anymore. When they really, that was all your fault. And you're blaming men because you're desperately allergic to accountability. And that's literally how that, that's literally how that works. Uh, let me let me pull this down, and then let me pull this over here. Okay, oops. Here we go. Two nice guys are not really nice because they get angry and call women names after rejection. There are plenty of screenshots exposing nice guys angry over text after receiving the "I'm just not feeling it" rejection line. And again, you said you said that they were nice guys. You didn't listen to you didn't listen. You didn't watch the red flags, right? Because a true nice guy, well, no. Let's not even go there because the true nice guy would just be like, okay, well, cool. That's how you feel. That's fine, right? When you – if you reject somebody, and it's a trip because you want to be able to reject somebody and not be able to feel the blowback, which, again, if you women – when I rejected women back when I was dating, and I've, I've rejected women back when I was dating, the blowback was swift and severe. So I don't want, I don't, I, one thing that I'm tired of hearing is how this quote unquote nice guy comes unglued when he gets rejected because women, you are, for every nice guy that comes unglued for getting rejected or every person you call a nice guy that came unglued because you rejected them, women are 10 times worse when men reject them. So, kind of something that I'm getting a little bit tired of hearing. Let's see. Um, the idea is this. Women sense that a nice guy is not just authentic or automatically go for the bad boy. Well, that's another thing. You reject a nice guy and you, you expect him not to say anything. And then when he doesn't say anything, you accuse him of being, of being boring, being a wimp, and being a beta. So again, you see how you talk in circles right there. Let's see. Um, first, the majority of nice guys are actually nice and not pretending. It's quite difficult to fake something like that. That uh, that is true. Many of them are nice guys. Many of them are nice guys raised in fatherless homes and taught to over-respect women. There it is, right? The younger the nice, the younger the nice guy is, the more likely he is to believe in lies such as true love. I don't think that's quite a lie, but I think I don't think true love is a lie. I think it's been misrepresented, but I don't think it's out. I don't think it's an out and out lie. Of true love, soulmates, be a gentleman, women are innocent, et cetera. The average nice guy tries to adhere to the social requirements pushed on him. And if you want to know about the social requirements pushed on him, go back to last Saturday's show. Let's see. Example given, paying for the date, being the gentleman, buying flowers, et cetera. That, go, that all goes along with what I talked about in the, last, in the last show, in the last Saturday's show. I played all of the clips, and then I played the context clip. And then when I came back and played the other clips, you saw things completely different. You understood that society pushed all of this on men to give and give and give and give, and then maybe, maybe, maybe the women will, the women will feel like reciprocating, and this is with a system that has been built for men. 
that women, despite you being the majority and you actually having to pick, having to pick from the best of the litter, you act like people have to pick you from, pick you as the best from a shortened litter, and that's not true. Let's see. Um, pay for the date. If you see bouquets of flowers in the trash bin, it's 99% certain that a, that a nice guy or an ungrateful woman put it there. And that's exactly it. Let's go back to let's go back to the date that I that I talked about in Saturday's show. The bouquet of flowers that I bought for her, she never took them. And good, good, because I gave them. I ended up giving them to another classmate who was nice to me. And again, that classmate, she she's gay, so there was really no chance. And I knew there was no chance, and so I didn't have I didn't harbor romantic feelings for her like that. However, me and her were good. Me and her were good friends. So I said, you know what? Take these because you're a more per- deserving person than this other person. So take these. However, when you see when you see them in the trash bin, it's because a a woman got them from a nice guy, but he didn't come from trash, so she threw them away. Or a woman he, he brought her the flowers, right? Because women never buy men flowers. Men always buy women flowers. So the man brings the flowers. She doesn't even take him because she's a nice guy. She's looking for the bad boy of the chat or whatever. So she doesn't want the or she doesn't want the flowers. She thinks it's creepy. Whereas if it came whereas if it came from Chad, she would have took him right away and dropped her pants. That's just that's a thing. I don't want to hear any arguments about that. Let's see, nice guys tend to be very idealistic when it comes to dating and fall in love quickly. This is true. Nice guys wear their heart on their sleeve, and this is what women don't. This is this thing women say turn them off yet and still labels to label him a nice guy and then re- completely flat out reject him yet and still when you go to these when you go to these websites and you read these profiles what is it they're asking for they're asking for somebody who's emotionally intelligent who is caring, kind, compassionate, a good communicator and then when that man comes along she labels him a nice guy and she rejects him what the hell is that? I'm, I'm I'm asking. If somebody can explain that to me, send that to me in an email, go to my go to my Facebook or something, and post that to my wall. If somebody can explain that to me, then I am all ears. All right, and I'll talk about that on my show. I am all ears. I'm willing to listen, but it just it, to me that makes no sense to have all of these demands demands about how nice a guy should be to be able to date you, and then when they come along. You don't want them because they're a nice guy. I never understood that, ever. Let's see. The nice guy goes on a date and has what seems to be a wonderful time. The woman is smiling and having fun. Both are making jokes and appears to be in love from the outside. Over the following days, the nice guy asks the woman out again. I had a wonderful time, Becky. I'd be happy to meet you again. Becky leaves him on the screen, on the scene delivered for days. This is true. And eventually comes up with a generic, I just didn't feel any energy response. That's true. Mr. Nice Guy feels his chest sinking, may or may not. After a brief moment, rage takes over and he directly calls Becky a liar, if not more. And this is it's not the fact that she lied. Becky, you're out there. You don't make your you don't make your attentions clear. And that's where he's talking about your line. And let's see how much time I have left because this is gonna be a rant. Okay, fifteen minutes. Listen here, Becky. And I'm I'm sorry if I'm coming off a bit. I'm sorry if the plane's coming in hot here, but this has to be said. Listen here, Becky. You go, and this nice guy asks you asks you on the date, and he takes you out. 
and he pays for the day. You go on the day. You he pays for your meal. You take the meal. He pays for the flowers. You don't even take the flowers, but whatever. And then all of the stuff he pays for it, right? And then you get you're afraid. You not even afraid, but you get it in your mind that the next date may not be so may not be so free for you. So you tell him that you don't feel him after because I I had a falling out with a friend of mine because of this. Took his money and his gifts. Even if even you took his gifts. Like sometimes you'll take the flowers, you'll take the flowers and then you'll throw and then you'll be the one throwing them away because you don't you didn't like the flowers that came from him. You allowed him to buy those flowers and you took them only to throw them away. You allowed him to pay for the date. You allowed him to pay for the meal. You allowed him to pay for the ride if he rented a limo or whatever just to try to show you a good time. He came out the pocket like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You took that from him and then turned around and then said, I don't, I'm not feeling, you know, I didn't, didn't feel it between us. Well, hey, Becky, let me ask you a question. Did you come to that realization before or after you took his money? Let's move on. Because again, I didn't mean to play I didn't mean to play to come in hot, but that question is that question drives a lot of what's wrong with modern dating and a lot of what and a lot of the reason why men come unglued when women say when women shoot shoot those letters. It's not like before they went out of the date, they say, you know, I just don't think we're compatible and then gives the guy the chance to walk away leaving his wallet intact. You figure you're going to get a free meal and a free good time out of this, and then after that's done, then you want to tell him that you're not paying him after you took his money. And that's the part that's criminal. It's not a crime, but that's the part that's that's the part that's socially unacceptable. That's the nicest way I could put it. Let's see. He's been saying there's something. Um, was that it, Mr. Jones? He, Becky, a liar, if not more. Okay, cool. That reaction does not make a nice guy, does not make a nice guy a fake nice guy. It really doesn't. It's simply a defense mechanism. It's not a defense mechanism. It's anger at the fact that you, that you took his money from him under false pretenses. Because honestly, let me, let me, let me ask you something, Becky. Have you ever been bait and switched, which means somebody promised you one thing and then delivers you and delivers you something else? Let's say you let's say you went out and bought you bought a car, right? Let's say you bought a used car. And you bought a used car from a private owner because the private owner says he's gonna sell he's selling his car, let's say for twelve hundred. You're buying a car from a private owner, a Honda like a Honda Civic or something from a private owner, and you're selling it for twelve hundred. And he says, Okay, well there's nothing real wrong with it. Here's the maintenance records and you know, if you're keeping up with the maintenance, here are the records and things like that, right? But what he and so you pay the twelve hundred dollars and you buy the car. But what he didn't tell you was the fact that was the fact that the head gasket was screwed up and he never took the car in to get the head gasket to get the head gasket. So now you're driving the car and your car is overheating. You pay twelve hundred dollars for an overheating car. The question you would want to ask is ask him when you find out that the head gasket is screwed up, you're gonna to want to go back to him and say, Hey, this head gasket is screwed up. Did you know this before or after you sold it to me? It's the same it's the same concept. Look, if you take this man's money and then 
and then you shoot back a text when, when he asks you to take you out again, and you say, I just wasn't feeling it. Well, did you feel the lack of chemistry before, you, before or after you allowed him to spend money on you? Think about that answer, because the way you answer is directly, it has direct implications on your personality. It just does. Let's see. Um, simply defense mechanism. The nice guy feels cheated of his time, energy, emotions, and money. Exactly. He's, he's, uh, his being is saying, they took something for us for nothing. They lied to us. Which, again, is societally re- it's another thing that's societally reinforced. We're supposed to pay and pay and pay, and if the woman doesn't feel it, then there's not supposed to be any blowback, even though the woman knew, usually before going in, that there's no, that there's no chemistry there, which makes the, which makes a quote-unquote crime even more heinous, right? However, when we, when we point this out, all of a sudden we're misogynists, we're fake nice guys, when all, when all we're saying is, hey, this should be socially unacceptable to take things from people and not and not have it be transactional. Everything in life is transactional. Everything. You go to the store, you have to pay the money to get the goods. It's one for one, right? Anywhere. You take the car to you take your car to the shop, you pay the money, the mechanic takes the car. Like how does so how is it that women how is it that women should be able to take take um take money from a guy in the form of campaign for the date, and then not be expected to, and not even not be expected to, is the fact that when the guy, when the guy expects something in return, like you know how transactional things work or how reciprocation works, then all of a sudden it's, well you shouldn't be you shouldn't be demanding this of a woman. This is one hundred percent natural, and it would be weird if you didn't feel anything. Imagine the following situation. You go to the store, you ask for a set of headphones. The seller gives them to you for a test. You like their sound. You ask for the price. It's acceptable. You buy them. You want to buy them. You go to the register. Um, I have a feeling this is going to go along with what I just said. You go to the register, take out your money, excuse me, and then the seller says, sorry, sir, we can't sell you those headphones because the purchase didn't just feel right. Exactly. Exactly. How would you, how would you feel in that case? Oh, I know you love these headphones, but you know what? You can't have it because it just—I just—it just. There's just no. I just don't think you should have them. I just don't think they. They're. I just don't think that you are the person that should be buying. It just doesn't feel right. How would you feel? Or even, or better, or worse yet, how would you feel if you took, if the seller took the money, and then looked at him and said, you know, yeah, no, no thanks. I know I took your money. But it just doesn't feel right me giving you these headphones for that. That's an even more apt, more apt comparison. How would you feel then? You paid out your money, and the guy doesn't even want to give you the headphones. But that's what women. That's what you do. And again, that's how you ruin. This is how you ruin nice guys. I may do a whole. I may do a whole that Saturday show about this because there's so many more examples. This is just one of them. But as a matter of fact, yeah, I'm going to do that for this Saturday show. This Saturday's show is going to be a um, is going to be a definitive lesson on women who wreck nice guys because there are so many different examples of how women wreck nice guys just by being just by being selfish that this this doesn't even this is just the very very tip of the iceberg this doesn't cover the rest of the iceberg that's over the water and then the big ass part of the iceberg that's underneath so this is just a very very tippy tip of the iceberg right here. 
Let's see. I'm not expressing um, anyone would feel cheated. Expressing that emotion would make you angry, make you an angry nice guy rather than a fake nice guy. This is true. There's a difference. Not expressing anger will make you a calm, numb nice guy rather than, or better yet, not expressing your anger will make you a beta, will make you boring, and you reject them because of that. So it's either you react, see, see how men are putting in a no-win men are putting in a no-win situation. It's either you react and you're called a fake nice guy, a butthole, you're an undercover butthole, a manipulative butthole, whatever, or you don't react. And you're called beta, you're called wimp, you're called – you understand how men are just set up not to win in that situation, whereas the woman skates because she already took the man's time, she took all of – she took the money, and she got all these things for free. And still the man has to deal with a blowback. What's really happening here? The whole point of shaming nice guys is this. Women don't want to deal with angry men. They want to play their game unhindered and be happy if the guys who get rejected keeps their emotions to themselves while they continue to seek the mythical alpha chat. So I, I, now I'm understanding where this, come, where this article is coming from. That's literally it. Angry nice guys are shamed because they are not nice. And no, it's not. Let's go back to this, this previous blurb. The whole point of shaming, let's do this again. The whole point of shaming nice guys is this. Women don't want to deal with angry men. They want to play their game unhindered and will be happy if the guys who get rejected keep their emotions to themselves while they continue to seek the mystical chat. Part of that's true. The other part is that women, the women, and Becky, I'm talking to you. You love the attention that this nice guy gives. And if this nice guy decides that in whichever fashion he decides to not to give you the attention anymore, you give, you, you, you get into your feels and you're just like, oh, well, he's just an asshole anyway. And I'm just going to post his response and, and call him an asshole and shame him for it. When you're butt hurt that he decides to take his attention from you, you love the attention. And it goes back to the episode of Catfish this morning that I watched where um, the, the, girl, the girl had met this guy over a game. And she, it wasn't a catfish, but she, all the pictures and stuff was her and all the correspondence. But she led this guy on, and then when he called catfish, arranged the meeting, arranged the meeting with Nev and the other girl, arranged this whole ass meeting, went to Encino, California, met her, and she was like, oh, I'm just not feeling it. It's not that. She loved the attention that he was giving her. And um, she loved the attention that he was giving her. And she wasn't going to stop. She was. She didn't want it to stop. And she led this guy along, and she she made him believe that she liked him, and there was a chance for a relationship. When all and when all the while, she had no plans of being in any relationship with this dude. But since she loved the attention so much, then she led. She struggled along. She struggled along. She struggled along to the point where he called. He called Nev. Nev helped him out. Helped him meet her, and then she said. Well, you know, I'm just not into him. Well, let me ask you then, Miss, did you realize that before or after he called Catfish to meet you? Let's see. That's literally it. Angry nice guys are shamed not because they're nice guys inherently, but because they raise their voices. There you go. That's literally it. Women don't want to be held accountable. Women are just allergic to accountability anyway, and I'm, I, if you go out throughout this show, you're gonna I lay out example after example, and today's show is just like more examples of it. Women don't want to be held accountable for leading nice guys on, is what I was just saying, 
and this say that niceness does not entitle a man to anything. And this goes back to what I'm, and it looks like I'm going to, I may go over time here too. Exactly. Women, women don't want, see, women want all the goods without the responsibility. And it's, that's across the board. You can't, again, when the draft, when they instituted, oh, when they said, oh, women might, women may be eligible for the draft after all. Now all these feminists are now all of a sudden tradtones. But you want the right to vote. You're harping about you're harping about women having the right to vote since 1920, and now that you have the right to vote, and now you have to do the responsibility that comes inherent in the right to vote. All of a sudden, now you want to be now you don't want the right to vote. You want to be traditional women, barefoot in the house, pregnant, barefoot in the house, pregnant, taking care of the kids, because there's a because there's a chance there's a chance that you might be drafted and go to war because now you have the right to vote, and that comes with the right to vote. Correct. You see, it says correct. It doesn't. Right. Niceness does not entitle a man to anything. Neither does being a woman entitle you to have a man pay for your dates. Let me back that up and say that again. And I'm going to end on that because I've got a couple of minutes left and this long, this article is really long. But I may, I may revisit this article in Saturday's show because this article here is there's a lot going on here, but women, again, let's talk about let's talk about let's end the show talking about entitlement. You're right. Being a nice guy does not entitle him to sex. You, that point is well stipulated. However, being a woman does not entitle you to have a guy pay for your date. That's just it. That's it in a nutshell. So how is it that you feel? entitled to having a guy pay for your date, pay for the meal, pay for the activities, pay for everything, or else he's, he's cheap, he's whatever, the, whatever term you may want to use, and then you get the ick because he doesn't want to pay for the entire thing. But if a nice guy gets the ick because you don't want to reciprocate, then he's the asshole, not you. Again, you're allergic to accountability. You're allergic to take, being accountable for the fact that you took this guy's money under fraudulent pretenses. Let me say that again. You're pissed off at the guy because he got the ick because you took his money and his time under fraudulent pretenses. Marinate on that. I'm ABC. I'll be back tomorrow. Um, again, I'll probably do the Dr. Laura thing tomorrow. I'm sorry, I just felt like this is too like this was too much of an important issue to pass up, and it's such an important issue that I'm going to dedicate my two-hour show to this. So I'm going to put a pin in this article, and then Saturday we're going to come back and I'm going to go through a few more of these things because this, because women, this is something that you're going to need to sort out because if you don't and men start picking up on this, then you are again you're going to lose out to either AI. Or listen to my listen to the show. I think it was Friday show. Friday, Friday or Saturday, last Friday or last Saturday show. When I talked about Jay from work, all right. You're going to lose out to women like Jay, or you're going to lose out to AI, and you're going to be sitting there alone with your cat. And the age demographic for that is going to start getting younger and younger and younger. Test me every day on the test me every day. On Blog Talk Radio, I'm also on SoundCloud, 
I post the high, higher quality audio to SoundCloud. I'm also on Apple Podcasts, so if you want to subscribe to that, if you can't get to Blog Talk Radio, subscribe to my Apple Podcasts, and then you can get it on the go if you have an iPhone. Um, not really much anywhere else, but that's that. Catch me on Facebook. I'm mostly there. I'm also on True Social. I'm, I'm on a lot of uh, social sites, but the two main social sites I post to are True Social and um, and Facebook. I, have, I even have a Facebook public page there where you can share your comments and opinions and things like that. I also have a political page where I'm, I'm going to take that political page and I'm going to flip it and turn it into the show's page. So I have a public page for me and a public page for this show. And then everything, all this shows, I'm going to start posting to that page. I think that's the easier way instead of clogging up my own personal wall with a whole lot of garbage. So that's it. That's what I'm going to do. But yeah, follow me there. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. Download me. And then if you like the show, uprate me. If you don't like the show, downrate me. I prefer if you operate me if you like my content. If you don't like my content, then I'm not for you. But that's just it. Anyway, that's me. Oh, another thing. I'm always here from 11 to 12. Overtime right now, but from 11 to 12, I'm going to update my SoundCloud. But that's me on Blog Talk Radio. Every day, 11 to 12. Saturdays, I go from 4 to 6. So that's that. So go ahead and bookmark this page if you're on um, – bookmark this page and enable the notifications – if you're on Blog Talk Radio. That's it. I'm ABC. Go and make the dating world a better place.